Hey, it's Andrew, and I wanted to thank you for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. Did you know that you can subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast on Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or wherever you get your podcasts to have new episodes delivered to your feed twice a week on Wednesday and Friday? All you have to do is pick up your phone, navigate to your podcast app, and search for Door County or Door County Pulse podcast and click subscribe. If you're a longtime listener or if this is your first episode, we hope you enjoy the Door County Pulse podcast. Welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast, where each week we talk with the writers and editors of the Peninsula Pulse about the stories you can find in this week's issue. I'm Andrew Clyden, and I'm joined today by Miles Danhausen, writer and editor for the Peninsula Pulse. How's it going, Miles? It's going well, Andrew. You? It's going really well. We are uh, officially in 2020. It's our second podcast of the year. It's still weird to say and write it out loud. I don't yeah. know how you're feeling. No, it, it, I'm going through that like first stretch of, all right, get the 2019 out of my system. I haven't even been saying 2019. I've been saying 2012. Because the, the two T's right next to each just other. Just messing with you. Yeah. So I've been going back to 2012. It's like I just graduated high school and we're got a whole wide world ahead of us. Oh, man. So we have some interesting things to talk about this week. Uh, if you listened last week, one of the things we talked about was your deadline to get your like uh, information in if you were running for office. Uh, that has come and passed. And now we have a list of the candidates for the upcoming April election. And not a lot of people took up on our uh, took us up on that warning to file their papers for candidacy. I thought we were going to see so many after we uh, plugged it in the podcast. I thought all of you listeners would run for office, but alas, Door County Board. There's only six out of twenty one races are contested in the municipal elections. A lot of those are uncontested. One notable one that stuck out to me was in the town of Gibraltar. Despite all of the controversy over the last couple of years, all of the people losing their minds online and at meetings, they have two supervisor seats up for election. They have one candidate for those two supervisor seats. They actually don't have a candidate for one of the supervisor seats. Right. That, so. that is so interesting to me, especially because we've been covering so many controversies. And, and you've got people who like hit the, the Facebook pages and talk about how you know, the town doesn't know what they're doing or they're using this money wrong or all this kind of stuff. And then when it's time to like jump in and make a difference, uh, we come up like Crickets. this. Yeah. So, <laughs> but all that's right, well, all right, let's... because I am sure that Facebook will find a way to manage the town budgets and make the decisions for them because Facebook is really where all of the important work in society is done today. How do write-ins work, by the way? Like if you don't, if, if you miss the deadline, but everybody votes for you anyway, does that still work? Uh, yes, you can you still win by write-in. And we've had that happen I think once or twice in the last uh, 10 years or so in Door County. Um, Gibraltar has actually extended the deadline for people to file their papers until Friday at 5 p.m. So if you're listening to this early when it comes out, you might have a chance to still get some papers in there. But otherwise, yeah, it would rely on a write-in campaign. Cool. So one thing that I saw online kind of shifting gears here, uh, but still kind of in the same vein almost, uh, there was an article that was posted about how Egg Harbor's new streets are taking shape. And this is something that I guess I didn't even know about, that that Egg Harbor was planning kind of a big downtown remodel. Yeah, and that's what we're here for at the Peninsula Pulse. So you do know me, about it. To surprise me um, specifically? No, I mean, I've known this has been in the works for a while. And so a few weeks ago, I went and sat down with Egg Harbor Administrator Ryan Heiss and tried to lay out a lot of the different projects that they have in the works, both for their highway reconstruction. Some of the back roads of Egg Harbor have some interesting projects. Uh, projects in the works. And then they also have some long-term um, ideas coming down the pipeline that, you know, nothing that someone's going to see in the next year or two, 
maybe not even the next five, but it's kind of neat to see a small town like Egg Harbor planning for the long term. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, one of the major things, obviously, is Highway 42. You, we've seen it in um, Sister Bay first, got a major reconstruction project. Ephraim finished theirs last year. Gibraltar's is up next year. Egg Harbor has postponed theirs over the years, and they're they're going. the Department of Transportation is going to come in in 2023 and redo their highway through town. And like the other towns, you try to wrap a lot of other side projects into that since you're already tearing it up. Doesn't make sense to like do a highway project one year and five years later do a, a sewer project right. or a lighting project or a sidewalk project. You do them all together. Yeah, wrap it all together. Experience all the pain of that from a business owner and resident standpoint. Do it all in as condensed a time period as you can. I saw the renderings of what the the kind of the main drag might look like, and I'm struggling to see how there's enough room to actually do it because what I believe I saw is you got your two lanes and then you have a turn lane in the middle and then two bike lanes on either side. Yep, and is that going to be extending the road out in either direction or are they going to try to fit it into what's already there? So what most people don't realize when you think about roads, because you always feel like you're cramped, like there's actually a lot of room on both sides of vehicles. Like American roads are much wider than European roads. Um, in fact, if if anyone who's done extensive tra- travel in Europe, I have not, but the, the travel I have done uh, and which my brother who lives in Europe tells me is pretty common is if you have cars coming from different directions, a lot of the, the side roads, you have to, one car has to pull over to the side and let the other one come. You got to make a choice. Like mm-hmm. There's not even room for the two and they have smaller vehicles over there. So that's a long way of getting to, there is room to do it. Our highways are actually pretty wide. There's, they don't have to widen them actually for the bike lanes significantly. One thing Egg Harbor has that's different than most towns, they have a lot of those little bump outs for their parking spaces. Yeah. Um, a lot of those will, at least as of right now, everything we're talking about in Egg Harbor is... Um, not everything, but most of it is proposals that have been approved by the Public Parks and Public Works Committee and have been viewed favorably by the trustees are likely to be approved, but they aren't final. Um, and they still got to work with the DOT on a lot of the details. But to to put that bike lane in, they will lose parking in some spots, on like on-street parking around Greens and Grains, around that main bend in Egg Harbor, where they have a lot of, a lot. Um, they have the traffic backups that they do have right. are around that bend. And so they're going to add a turn lane that allows people to turn into the main street shops and Door County Nature Works, some of those popular places. They can make a left turn, but traffic can still continue past them to the right. And so they'll it'll be a little wider there. And to do that, they are going to need to remove some parking spaces in that that main center area, right. which might actually be good from a visibility standpoint for cars pulling off of White Cliff and County G as well. And so you'll have that turn line, which will hopefully decrease the traffic backups that they have on that main intersection. And then you'll have those bike lanes because they've been really focusing on the multimodal aspects of Egg Harbor. And they do have some parking problems with some of the main businesses businesses in town don't really have a lot of parking. That main intersection, all those businesses that are in the center of town, there's not a lot of parking lot there. Right. Well, I was going to ask too, how does Egg Harbor shape up when it comes to parking? Because it seems like they have a decent amount of of parking, but I'm also thinking about like five years ago before One Barrel came in and Fireside and all of this stuff kind of popped up and kind of transformed the downtown area. I know that you've got parking at the Crest and you've got parking at Main Street shops. Those and uh, Main Street Market are kind of the three big parking lots all next to each other, but those aren't always open for people to use. Um, and when you've got these big uh, festivals coming and you've got people who are lining the roads forever, like all the way into the neighborhoods and stuff like that, how does Egg Harbor shape up in terms of like how much parking is available compared to how much is needed there? And how would you compare that to a different place like Sister Bay? Well, you know me, 
I don't believe in parking problems. <laughs> right, because you can walk. Well, because you can walk and that um, parking is not a problem. Generally, parking means you're busy. Like the, the bigger problem to have, the worst problem to have is to not have a parking problem. The last thing you want are a lot of parking lots sitting empty. Sure. Because if you have enough parking, that probably means you don't have enough business. In general, on the busiest times, they do have a squeeze. And the, the most obvious one being that one barrel not having to put in a very large parking lot for 300 seats has pushed people to park in the Main Street shops or Main Street market lot, which has caused some controversy and some infighting in the town of, or in the village of Egg Harbor. However, there is actually a lot of parking throughout the town if people use it um, a little bit farther away. Uh, changing people's behavior in terms of like not parking in somebody else's lot is a little more difficult. You got to put up signs. You got to put up signs like you will be towed even if you're not going to do it. Um, but that center core, there aren't any main lots for, say, Shipwreck, a really large restaurant. There's not like 75 parking spots available in that that main intersection there. Right. But just one block off, you have Church Street. And walking one block, for most of us, is not a very big issue. My, you know, if I waved a wand, I'd say, all right, reserve all the on-street parking for, and the closest parking for people with disabilities and handicap or however much you need. The rest of us should get off our butts once in a while and, and stroll for one block. And that's what Egg Harbor is actually trying to do by putting um, a lot more parking on Church Street. That's another part of their plan is to do parking, curb and gutter, and sidewalk on Church Street, which is the road, for those unfamiliar, it's one block off Highway 42 toward the Peg Egan Concert Center there. And that road would all be marked and widened. And you would then have bike lanes that kind of circle the whole town going down Church Street and down Main Street. So they're trying to encourage people, A, to walk more and to bike more to take advantage of the village. Right. It's really interesting when you put together all of the different like changes that Egg Harbor has shown in the last 10 years. Because I guess from my perspective, living in Egg Harbor, I don't notice the change as much, but when you start to add them all up, it's pretty significant. Because yeah. when was the marina built? That was about 2010. Okay. So 10 years ago, you've got the marina that kind of transforms that whole downtown area. And the beach was about the same time. Right. And then you've got all these businesses that have come in in the last couple of years and have really kind of pushed the the, the focus of the town a little bit further south. Uh, and now with these new plans moving forward to, you know, totally redo the intersection, do that kind of stuff, they're working on becoming, or they may have already been, they may have already become a green tier certified they, community. Yeah, they are green tier. We talked to Celeste about that a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. So a lot of, I don't even want to say little things because they are very, they're, they're major developments. Uh, a lot of things have kind of added up over the last 10 years to, to change Egg Harbor. And we always talk about how Sister Bay has totally transformed. But if you go back 20 years ago, Egg Harbor doesn't look anything like it looks today, does it? All right, I'll do the thing that you hate when I do. But when I was a kid in Egg Harbor. No, that's um, fine. It's just, if there's a Husby stories or a coaching story, <laughs> then that's okay, where When I was a kid, long before Husby's and coaching. So I squeeze it in. Good. You put them um, there were actually like open fields in the middle of Egg Harbor. And that's in the 80s where Main Street Shops is big, open, empty lot. Hmm. Where Main Street Market is a field. Um, where Church Street is, Church Street didn't exist, which is one of the other interesting things about Egg Harbor in that it was kind of a blank, more of a blank slate. So most towns like Fish Creek, they have this major reconstruction project coming up. There's no like back road or bypass. Sister Bay didn't really have a great bypass either. Egg Harbor's kind of rare. They actually, that was still open fields back there 35 years ago. So they built Church Street and were able to add another block of space to work with for their village. That nobody else really has has had that much of an open slate. They were kind of the last of even behind Bailey's Harbor in terms of significant development. Um, so even when they have this reconstruction project, they actually have a, a workaround to go behind the village. 
when that happens. Um, and that highway project would be 2023. So okay. it's still three years down the road. They're still finalizing the plans. Um, with these plans, they'll be the first town in Northern Door to have a bike, a marked bike lane. Really? That's kind of shocking, right? We think yeah. of this is like a bike-friendly community. You would totally think that. It's not. Even Sturgeon Bay doesn't have that many. They they put some down. They took them out. So Egg Harbor thinking proactively, even on County G, going outside of town toward Horseshoe Bay Farms, they're widening that a little bit with shoulders. It won't be a full bike lane, but they're going to they kind of call it bike accommodation just by widening the shoulders and making mm-hmm. it a little more pedestrian friendly. They're also, they have what they, this off-road walking trail that connects the beach almost to downtown, but it stops hmm. just short of shipwreck. They are working on connecting that path to the main sidewalk in town so there's pedestrians can walk off of the roadway all the way down to the beach. Right. Um, that would be my big thing too, because I I really rarely go down to the Egg Harbor Beach despite living near town. Mm-hmm. That's because it seems so disconnected from it. Every yeah. other town has their beach like right there. Yeah, right in the center. Yeah. And it's really not that far. It's I don't know if that's even a half mile from right. the beach itself to the center of town, but because there's there's never been sidewalks that connected it or any sort of walking path until they put in the the one off road path, you know that, and that's another thing. Like these little steps along the way have made it to the point where Egg Harbor's like, all right, we just need a little bit of work here, a little bit of work here, a little bit of work here, and we have this complete plan. Right. Um, but all those things add up. So a couple other aspects that are in this plan are extending sidewalks on the south end of town from Stella Maris Church down to Chief Oshkosh. Um, okay. on South Trail Road, and then on the north end, extending sidewalks from uh, Highway E over to potentially to Newport Resort, and then also north or, yeah, north to Harbor Hardware, which would then wrap in um, several motels, the Bay Point Inn, Ashbrook Suites, Egg Harbor Lodge, and a condominium development up that way. And then that you would now also, with the Church Street improvements, get sidewalks from Newport Resort. Right. Now think about, this kind of interesting in that Egg Harbor has a ton of lodging, not just a landmark resort just outside the village, but you have the Alpine Resort, you have Newport Resort, and you have the other ones that I just mentioned on the north end of town. None of them are actually connected to downtown by any right. sidewalks or walking paths. So now you're opening up a couple of hundred hotel rooms to have walking connections to the downtown. That's one reason you might have a parking problem, because even if you're staying just outside the main village core, you know, walking alongside a highway, where especially on the northern end where those motels are, and it's still 35, and a lot of people still come in at 45, doesn't seem real safe to walk down with a stroller with your kid right. or even just two abreast. But now that if you add those sidewalk extensions, it should make it a much more walkable community. And once you start wrapping in all those outlying condominiums by some sort of pedestrian path, it, might, it becomes a lot easier to do that. Yeah. Has walkability been kind of like the big, I don't know that we've ever talked about these as focusing on walkability, but all of the major town like refreshes have focused in on that, right? Yeah. So Sister Bay, you can walk from the top of the hill all the way down past Al Johnson's. And uh, in, in to the marina and beyond, right? You've got mm-hmm. the sidewalk there. Fish Creek is has always been pretty walkable, but now with the new expansion and the highway project, they're trying to extend the sidewalks all the way up to top of the hill shops and beyond, yeah. correct? Yeah, I mean, that was one of the big weaknesses of Fish Creek for a long, long time is they have the two, the only two bike rental shops in the county are right in the center of town, yet there's nothing that signifies that it's a bike-friendly community. Right. Still won't be when this project is done as, as it's planned now. But they're also, they have a, you look at the top of that hotel or of that hill by the school and you have 600 kids and 100 employees at the Gibraltar School. You have the YMCA, you have the Peninsula School of Art, you have the gas station. And then you have two major motels at the top of that corner and a shopping center and no sidewalk connecting all of that activity to your downtown right. and so the state park. So you're splitting it in half. 
Yeah. I yeah. mean, it was never safe. A, a couple of times as, as a kid at Gibraltar school, taking little field trips into town where they'd walk you down. We'd, we'd walk down the side of the highway. I mean, it doesn't seem real safe. <laughs> right. So. Well, and, and Ephraim did the same thing too, extending all of their sidewalks. Right. Really making Ephraim feel like much more of a community that you can get out anywhere and just walk to the different places that you want to do. So it seems like that's been kind of the major draw of most of these community like redevelopments has been making it so that you can get out somewhere, you can park wherever or a block off, get onto the sidewalk and then explore everything that the town has to offer. Yeah, and Egg, Egg Harbor probably taking this farther than any town has to date. Um, one other thing they're doing is their plan is to bury power lines from right. County E all the way to the church, uh, like Harbor School Road. So all through town burying those power lines. Took a drive through it yesterday, and I tried to imagine that. And you're, A, what that does is obviously it eliminates all these wires coming across that just kind of cobble, muddy things up. It takes a lot of poles and how those muddy up like the pedestrian sidewalk crossways. And, but it also frees up tree canopies to not have to be trimmed for those power lines and instead to grow up and kind of fill things in a little bit more. Right. Um, I talked to Lisa Van Landen, one of the trustees of the village, and she said, well, if you had the chance to bury them nowadays, who wouldn't do that? Like when we build a new road, we don't, we, we bury the power lines on Church Street. They're already buried. When somebody builds a condo development, you don't see telephone poles in there. They bury the power lines. Like nobody would put in poles today if they had the chance, which as she was saying that, and she asked me rhetorically, like who would do that if they had, the, who wouldn't do that if they had the chance? Right. And I thought, um, Fish Creek didn't, yeah. <laughs> but it's expensive. That's why you wouldn't do it. In Egg Harbor, the estimate is about $2.2 million to bury it. The estimate for the entire highway project right now, assuming they don't get grants and hopefully they get some grants to, to offset these costs, but it'd be about six to $7 million for the highway portion. Another million plus on Church Street, potentially a million of the the village's commitment to the portion of Highway G. So you start adding it up and you get up around eight, nine, ten million dollars. Now, if you think about that in terms of, all right, we're changing the face of this village forever. You know, Sister Bay made a ma massive investment forgetting the waterfront purchases, but just like burying the power lines and improving sidewalks. But you think about that in terms of 30, 40, 50 years down the road, is it worth it? It, it seems, seems most people would say yes. I think yeah. Ephraim's probably pretty happy with what they've done. Right. Well, if you want to see uh, the renderings of what this could look like in the future, uh, check out DoorCountyPulse.com. There's an article uh, that kind of shows off different parts of them. Um, is there a video that kind of flies through this too? Yeah, I'll put a link to that in the article. I'm glad you mentioned that. They do have, it's it's a preliminary one, and the, the engineers may take that down at some point to replace it with an updated one. But as of right now, uh, McMahon Engineers and Architects did a really cool fly through that you can see uh, like a drone video of what it really looks like. And then they kind of mimic that in an animation so you can see, like, hypothetically what it will look like if they make, a, like, certain improvements. So it's, cool. it's kind of a cool look at it. Awesome. Well, Miles, let's take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to be joined by Celeste Benchwell to talk about a couple of really interesting things, including kind of a, an article that you two both wrote about Door County lingo and how people talk up here. Yeah. And I'm really excited, again, as somebody who's new to the community, to learn how to talk like I live here. So <laughs> that should be pretty exciting, and I'm looking forward to that. Grace, there is nothing that I love more than lighthouses and state parks. 
Oh my gosh, no way, me too. I just wish that there was, I don't know, some sort of way that I could capture my love for those things in a physical way that maybe I could put on the wall or something. Well, you are in luck, my friend. If you visit DoorCountyPulse.com slash shop, you can find exactly those items. You mean we actually put together a series of state park posters and an incredible collection of lighthouses all in one piece of artwork that you can buy online? That we did, Andrew, that we did. I didn't know that we had an online shop. What else can I get there? You can also buy some Pulse stickers, Door County Living stickers. You can subscribe to Door County Living or the Peninsula Pulse if you are not in Door County. You can buy our annual door wedding guide. And you can also buy uh, Lighthouse postcards if you do not want the full poster, but might want to add a little something something in your gift package. I'm looking at the shop right now and I just noticed that we have Peninsula Pulse hats with the dog logo and everything. Grace, I think I am sold. Where can I go to find all of this stuff one more time? www.doorcountypulse.com slash shop. Okay, we are back and we are joined by Celeste Benchwell, writer and social media editor for the Door County Pulse. That's the third time that I tried to do that and get it right. So uh, (laughs) how are you doing, Celeste? Doing well, thank you. Good. Uh, You added a new title to your repertoire last night, too. You were officially a part of the Broomball cult in Sister Bay. (laughs) I guess you could say that. Miles got you up there. How did that go? Oh, it was really, really fun. It had been a while since I had done any sort of like team sport. So it was fun to get out there, but it made me feel terribly uncoordinated. (laughs) And the ice was, you know, the shoes are supposed to stop you from slipping on the ice, but I fell about 20 times. I don't know. It was a good time, though. Worth worth it. Good. So you guys partnered up and you wrote uh, an article about Door County lingo and how to talk like we talk up here in Door County. What, what was the inspiration behind this? Um, Good question. It's not as exciting as you would think. I was scrolling through a list of ideas that our colleague Aaliyah had made. One of them had been Door County lingo. So I thought, that sounds awesome. So that's how that started. <laughs> did, you, did anybody say anything to you in the past that you were like, I don't know what that means that you just kind of laughed off yeah tons of stuff and most of a lot of them are on this list actually so i yeah i have a bunch of friends that are locals that grew up here obviously so i've heard tons of things that i didn't didn't know what they're talking about we'll jump into the list here what was what was one of your favorite ones that you came across Mm, wimpy rich i love that one (laughs) because i like to spend time at the ac tap and they have the wimpy burgers and i think like pulled pork and wimpy fish i don't know they have (laughs) a lot of random little small things but my friends love eating the wimpy burgers so my my friend riley coomer said wimpy rich is like definitely one of them it's when you have so many wimpy burgers that you're just rich with them and i thought that was funny so in context that would be like oh i'm totally wimpy rich tonight yeah that's how you would say that one yeah all right that's pretty good i have the list here too uh i'm i'm just gonna bring some go ahead let's backtrack andrew you came here from somewhere else too did you find yourself getting caught up in like kind of the local sayings of like, am I supposed to know what that means ever or? Sometimes uh, the culture shock too is coming from Minnesota to Wisconsin. So there was a lot of like go pack and not knowing what that (laughs) necessarily meant or why it, why people would say it to each other instead of like, hello or goodbye. They'd be like, good pack, good pack to you, sir. How (laughs) just going, going into that. My chiropractor, his voicemail. Uh, I would say like you've reached. Okay, my chiropractor is Tucker Emerson, Emerson Chiropractic, and his he's a huge Packers fan. And the voicemail would be something like you've reached Tucker Emerson at Emerson Chiropractic to make an appointment. Please leave a message. Da 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 da. Go pack. And, <laughs> yeah. Or or it'll, I think it might be go pack go. 
and that's just how it ends. Right. That is just great. <laughs> so that was it makes my me big, laugh every time. That was my big culture shock, like moving into Wisconsin. And then coming up here, I feel like it was a lot more granular because we would talk about things like places that I'm still like, I don't know where any of that thing is, but you guys in the office will just talk about like, oh, did you go over to Old Baldy? And I'm like, I'm, I don't know what Old Baldy <laughs> yeah. is still. So I've got a list here of the different stuff. Um, I'm not going to read what they mean at all. I will leave that up to you two to fill me in. Uh, but maybe we can just go through this list and talk about some of these things. Uh, first up is I'm going to hit the time machine. Yeah, that's that's pretty funny. And I, I didn't think about this for years, but that basically means you're going to get, hit the cash machine. But for folks in Door County for the longest time, they had this thing like time is money, T-Y-M-E. And it was like the branded cash machine that was on at all the banks up here. And they had these big signs. So people would come in to when I would be working bartending uh, at the bowl or at, or at Husby's. There we go. We got it in. Um, mm-hmm. And they'd add, like people would ask where the time machine was or I'm going to hit the time machine. And you see some people at the bar just looking at you like, what are you talking right. about? Like, how delusional are you people? But it just meant we were going to get cash. Well, I still say it today sometimes. Oh, I would say it too, just as a millennial, because whenever I have like paper money in my hands, I'm like, oh, look, it's like the early 90s. Again. <laughs> <laughs> so another one here is uh, let's go to Bullsby's tonight. Where is Bullsby's? Um, well, Sister Bay, uh, that's a mix of Husby's and the bowl. And Sister Bay is unique in that you have open carry. So if you want to flip flop between bars, you can carry your drinks with you between bars. And my friends and I will often flip-flop throughout the night, so I heard that. I mean, I haven't used that phrase before, but I also did a Facebook poll while I, where I had um, like our readers submit other Door County lingo that maybe I wouldn't know about, which we had like 60, 70 comments. That was one of them, but it kind of just put it into a little more context with the Bullsbees or Husbull. I thought open carry was like a federal thing. Not going to lie. I didn't think that you could just be like, oh, yeah, in this town, you can totally walk around. Is with that what beer. it's called? Am have I right? <laughs> have you ever been to New Orleans? No. It's an entire city of open carry. Wow. Crazy right. stuff. <laughs> now, some of these I actually know. So I got it at Scanned and Let's Party at Camp David. Those are both uh, places up here, right? So what is Scanned? You got that one. Okay. <laughs> well, Scanned is, it's Bargains Unlimited, the re- resale shop, but it's connected and affiliated with uh, Scandia Village Good Samaritan, which is the nursing home in Sister Bay. But a lot of times people don't say, like, I'm going to Bargains Unlimited. Some people do, but most of the guys I grew up with, they would just say, yeah, I'm gonna hit hit scan. I gotta yeah. get some stuff for a Halloween costume, or, um, or I'm just I just need to go shopping, mm-hmm. and or I got this sweet thing at scanned, and it's just kind of funny because if all you knew was the nursing home, you'd be like, what are you doing? Like, do you have connections with the old ladies up there that right. are just handing you down stuff? Like, what are you, what's going on here? So another locational one, and maybe this one will is uh, not long for this world anymore. But mm-hmm. I'm going to Pebble for a few, right? So that used to be something that people would say when they were going to like sneak out to Pebble Beach, right? Yeah. Yeah. And now pretty much everybody knows about Pebble Beach. It's, yeah, the secret is out. Yeah, That's with true. the land trust buying it last year and preserving it, uh, we covered it pretty heavily. I feel like everybody now knows about this uh, this hidden gem. This next one up here, okay, I actually don't know what this means. I got oxidized. You don't know what that means? <laughs> I, if I had to guess, I would think it has to do with the blue ox across the street, right? It's true. So just if you're going to the ox, you say, I got oxidized? Pretty much. Um, I would take it more as having more than a few drinks at the bar. You're getting oxidized. I think it's kind of like their little tagline there, but yeah, it's pretty funny. My friends and I will use that. Let's go get oxidized tonight. (laughs) (laughs) So how about this one? I'm making a Birdo's run. Need anything? Yeah, well, that's 
Birdo Shell Station up in Sister Bay, which for locals, you know, like, okay, Birdo's means you're not just getting gas. That's like um, your last option for anything that's open past like seven o'clock. If you need, you're not going to get a full grocery run in there, but you can get milk. You can get like a Lenny sandwich. You can get like something cheap to eat, a frozen pizza. That's like your salvation. If you were a shift worker and you got off at like nine, you're like, okay, I can just at least hit Birdo's. Um, but yeah, I was thinking of, that's another one of those where if you said that to somebody, they'd be like, what's a, what's a Birdo? Right. Yeah, I had no idea what that meant. I was <laughs> like, what is Birdo's? <laughs> and like, I would never get gas there though. I don't know. It just seems like. <laughs> you don't like their gas? It looks no. so retro. I don't know. It looks no, it cool, just but I'm like, I don't know. I'm not even going to try and figure that out. <laughs> I, I'm not even going to like, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I, I will say it. I did call my dad before I got gas at Birdo's to be like, how does it work? Like, how do you actually do it? Because they don't have like a card receptacle or anything. Yeah, that's a, so for listeners who don't know why they find gas stations, these millennials find gas stations so difficult. It's because <laughs> this particular gas station, it doesn't have the big neon like sign and, and canopy that signifies gas station to so yep. many people. And then you actually have to get out pump your gas, and then go inside and pay. Which, while I'm ripping on you guys, I should rip on myself because one of my first days after I moved back here, I stopped at Birdo's, got gas, and about 30 minutes later, a cop called me and said, uh, yeah, you, did you just steal some gas from Birdo's and Sister Bay? I'm like, oh, crap, I forgot to go inside and pay. <sighs> I had just filled up my tank and just kind of thought that I had put my card in. I mean, I don't know the last time that outside of Birdo's that I actually went inside a gas station to pay for the gas. Mm -hmm. I'll pay for the gas at the pump and then go inside and grab something. But I'm, it's been a long time since I'm like, yeah, I have pump two outside. Like, yep. You don't do that anymore. Oh, yeah. For me, too. Like, if, I, if I'm if i at the pump and my car doesn't work for whatever reason or it says pay inside, I'll drive to the next gas station. <laughs> like, I'm not going to do that. So, sorry. You're a real problem solver there, Andy. <laughs> right. All right. How about this one? My August is showing. This one probably more of a, uh, a service industry deep cut, correct? Yeah, definitely. Um, this is something my friend Lucy had. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. I think it's Hodkavich. I think I always thought it was Hodkowitz. Anyway, probably Lightbox Lucy. Yep, she owns the Lightbox, but also works at Trixie's. Um, and in August, I'm pretty sure that's when all the you know uh, service industry people just feel burnt out. I mean, you've been working all summer long, super hard, and you know working with tourists isn't always the most fun thing in the world. So sometimes by August, you're a little burnt out. And the smallest little thing can set you off. So if somebody is just like says something to you in the slightly wrong tone, which in June would make no impact at all on August 12th, it just sets you off and you're just giving them the scowl the rest of your shift. Yeah. I've been there. So most of these are name puns. This one is, uh, I'll meet you at the slide. Hmm. I think you might Th know that's just better. what we, like everyone says for Bayside. Which Why? Is, I'm not actually sure. I, it's just something we've, we, you asked me that, and I'm like, yeah, why do we say slide? Like, what Instead of side. Like, side, I guess, would make a little bit more sense, but I'll meet you at the slide is for Bayside Taverns. Or yeah. <laughs> yep. Interesting. Uh, some of these are pretty easy. Let's head to the park, Peninsula State Park. But what about Giver at the River? Well, let's head to the park, though. It, that's one that I thought is very simple. But if you if you just said that to someone who wasn't here, they'd, they'd say, which park? But if yeah, you say that to a local, you almost certainly mean Peninsula State Park. Mm -hmm. right. It is like capital P park. But if you're going to Whitefish Dunes State Park and you say, I'm going to the park, you wouldn't say that about Whitefish Dunes. You would specify the You'd park. Say Whitefish Dunes, or yeah. if you're going to Waterfront Park in Sister Bay or Newport, you always specify the park. But if you just said, yeah, I was up at the park yesterday skiing, almost everybody knows you were at Peninsula State Park. Right. Unless maybe you happen to live really close to Whitefish Dunes and you're talking to those people. 
Which is interesting given how many state and county parks we have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one of them gets the title, the park. Yeah. Is, I, I guess, a testament to Peninsula State Park. Yeah. What about Giver at the River? Um, well, this is for the Mink River Basin. I don't go there that often, but I read it from, again, Aaliyah's, one of her articles. Um, I think it's just when you're ready to let loose and head to the, the river basin or whatever. You give her at the river. That's all. Yeah. I mean, that's as much as I can say about it. <laughs> I, I'm not positive on this. I would guess it harkens back to former bartender John Bastian, who used to just say it all the time. Give her! And that's when he would bartend at the mink. You would give her at the river. Gotcha. I might not have that entirely correct. Uh, so somebody from Mink River, feel <laughs> free to correct me. But uh, that's that's my my best guess on that. So as we continue on the tradition of like getting to our wits end at the end of service season, nothing but newlyweds and nearly deads here. Yeah, I actually hesitated on putting this in because I got some nasty emails once when I used this in an article. Yeah. (laughs) People, you know, I I get it. Old folks offended by that phrase, but it's something that even old folks in the service industry use up here. And that just means like it's the fall and all the families have gone home for the summer. Right. And on fall weekends, the only people coming up for the longest time, it's kind of changed recently. But it used to be like you just have like newly married couples on a honeymoon type thing to Door County or you would have um, retirees who could, you know, didn't have to go back to school or work or get the kids into school. So they'd be up on the weekends. So you'd have a very split clientele and nothing in between. Right. A couple more here just to kind of round the list off. Uh, If you're late because the bridge was up, what do you mean? Um, I've never actually personally encountered the bridge going up, but whenever it goes up for like... I guess, which bridge are we talking about we should probably start right, with? Right, because one of the other ones on here is the new bridge is up. Right. So what's the difference between the bridge and the new bridge? I don't know. Miles, you take this one away. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it is kind of funny. If if you say the old bridge, that even Celeste, even you knew this as a, a newbie, you're talking about the Michigan Street bridge, bridge or the Steel Bridge. But if you're talking about the new bridge, you're not actually talking about the newest bridge. Most people who've been here a long time always referred to the Bayview Bridge as the new bridge. Right, because there are three bridges in Sturgeon Now there's a third bridge, and that one is either the Maple to Oregon Street Bridge, the Maple Street Bridge, the Oregon Street Bridge, the new, new bridge. There's, but it's not, but if someone just said the new bridge, I wouldn't think that they were talking about that one. Right. I still think they're referring to the Bayview Bridge. I've actually used this one in my day-to-day. I get my hair cut down in Sturgeon Bay, and I have been... 15 minutes late to my haircut because the bridge was up. Uh, And it's a pretty good excuse when when you need it. Because there's not that many good excuses for being late up here. Right. When I was living in Chicago, you know, you might, you had to leave like a 10 minute cushion um, all the time because you just might always run into some traffic backup or you happen to hit all the lights and every light is another minute. Up here, basically you leave your house and if you know that place is nine minutes away, you can leave at 8.50 and be there at 8.59. So it's kind of hard to find a reason for being late other than the bridge. Honestly, though, I get stuck behind slow drivers up here all the time, and I I can't get used to it. I don't know. Everyone's always driving right on the dot or, like, right under. mm. So maybe you're a fast driver. Because uh, you're like, I'm going 10 over the speed limit, and these people are just... I like to go at least 4 to 5 over. <laughs> That's fair. I feel like 4 is the safe zone. Because if you get pulled over and the cop's like, you were going 4 over, you'd be like, you got nothing better to do? Pull me over for <laughs> 4 over? All right, two more. We're heading to the island. Which island are we heading to? Well, that's Washington Island. <laughs> that's kind of like the parks thing where Washington Island is just like the island. Right. In, so. in a place where there are, what, 19 islands? Yeah, so it's a lot. I mean, I guess it makes sense for Rock or for Washington Island to get the designation because you know people live there 
and True. very few people live on the other islands. Uh, so Washington Island makes a lot of sense. Uh, and finally, I'm on Door County time. Celeste, I think this might have been the impetus for this article, right? This was the the big thing that people started telling you that you were like, I can't understand this at all. Well, yeah. I mean, not being from here, I wasn't exactly sure what that meant. Um, and I had to ask Miles and other local people. Uh I've taken it to mean island time or similar to island time. I don't know. Do you want to expand? Yeah, well, it's true. Like people come up here and they relax. They come here to unwind and, and stop stressing out. But Aaliyah actually made a point like, oh, sometimes that means like it's just tough to get work done because right. people are on Door County time. So it might be it's not like the city where you're like, oh, I need this done. I'm going to call this guy and the service guy is going to be at my house in 35 minutes or an hour. Up here, it might be like, well, I got time a couple of weeks out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. The the way that I heard this first said to me was nothing's an emergency in Door County. Right. So it would be something where it's like if you are sending a work email to somebody in the cities, you would expect that back pretty quickly, like 15, 20 minutes usually. Yeah. At the very least, the next day is when you should probably get your email back, right? Mm-hmm. I've sent hundreds of emails that I either have gotten back a week later or never gotten back at all. It's the same <laughs> thing when you call somebody and you're like, hey, we want to do this thing. Uh, what's your schedule like? And they're like, oh, well... I'm out of town for six weeks and then I'll come back (laughs) in for two weeks around Thanksgiving. So maybe not right then because the holidays, but then I'll be back probably in May for four days. It's that kind of thing where it's like, you know, you mentioned that about the holidays and it it is funny or even someone coming back into town is like, well, I'll get a, getting back into town on the third, but I'll need seven or eight days to settle in or (laughs) there's the holidays going on. So I can't really do anything for 11 days beforehand and, and seven days after you're like, I need five minutes. Like you, yep. can you find five minutes? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. It's especially fun with a lot of the work we're, that we do where we're talking to older people who maybe don't live here full time anymore. But then it's like, well, when are you going to be in the county? Oh, I'll not, I'm leaving tomorrow for eight months and then yep. I'll be back <laughs> for three days. So try to catch me then. It's that type of thing too. Right. So I, I totally get it. Door County time is a completely different thing. I actually, this sparks my memory. Like when I moved to Chicago, I had to adjust the other way where I would send an email to somebody and request an interview or something like that. And somebody would be like, yeah, just give me a call at like uh, 3.15. And I'd be like, oh, whoa, I, I actually don't have any, any time this afternoon. I didn't expect you to get back to me and just be like mm-hmm. ready to do it now. Yeah. I had to get myself out of Door County time and start responding to the immediacy that people would act with in the city. Like they're just like, all right, yeah, I'll do that right now. Or yeah, call me late tonight. Oh, that that's cool. Right. That's awesome. You're not going to be in bed at 7 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> um, one other one on this list that that I thought was interesting is the west side, east side thing in, in Sturgeon Bay. Yeah. In that, and, and people refer to west side a lot more than they do east side, but I always struggle with that because coming from Northern Door, like to me, Sturgeon Bay is split north-south. And if you look at the Door County map as a whole, it's definitely a north-south thing. But within the city itself, the way the, the bay kind of curves, I was I was looking at this before we wrote this, it actually is kind of east-west. But I always thought that was really stupid that mm. people would say mm-hmm. west side, east side in Sturgeon Bay, because it's very clearly to me the south side, because you're you got to go south to get to that over the bridge and to the west side. But yeah, that's what they, so when people say west side in within the compound, finds of Door County like nobody else no other town has like an east west side divide in in Door County but Sturgeon Bay if you say west side somewhere up here you're referring to the west side of Sturgeon Bay which is really kind of the south side. Celeste writing this article does it does it feel like you can go out into the Door County streets and survive now you feel like you can talk like a local. Yeah definitely I mean I've adopted a few things here or there since 
since I moved here. I like honestly half this list I still didn't really know when we were writing it, so I had to consult the team a bit. And I consulted readers, but um, yeah, definitely this is like it'll. You can get used to it pretty quickly, I think. Well, and then there's still even the the local native debate, like what is a local and what is a native, and is, is there a difference, and how do you become a local, and all of those types of things. And from what I've heard, it has nothing to do with where you live. Uh, <laughs> being a local does not mean that you live here. There's more to it than that. And I think that this is the first step for us to becoming Door County Locals. Yes. Now we can speak the language. We just <laughs> have to keep ticking boxes till we finally are accepted by Miles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, one of those things that I, um, a- another aspect of this with my own wife, she went to college out in Richmond and lived in D- Washington, D.C. for several years. It took her a while to get used to me saying, yeah, heading to D.C. this weekend and meaning Door County. Yeah. Back, back when we lived in Chicago, uh-huh, she was just like, how are you taking Door County gets D.C. over Washington, D.C.? And I'm like, well, we're just better and more beautiful. Right. So. <laughs> and I think, too, the other thing is, like, if you are under the age of, like, 30, the only way that you can refer to yourself as a local up here is if Miles coached you in basketball, right? Uh, that's the, that's the uh, requirement. I, I, I think it would take much less than me coaching them. Um, I did want to put a call out, though. If people have other stuff, that go find this article online, um, find it in print. If there's some great ones we missed, please let us know. We'd love to do more of this. I'm sure there's a ton that even I don't know. Like, I've lived here my whole life, and I still hear people refer to certain corners at, by a name and stuff, and I've, I don't, I've never heard it before, but it just comes from, some of it is generational. For a certain segment of the population, they know a place or refer to something as one thing that the next generation just never got translated. So right. I'd love to hear more. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you both so much for chatting with me this week. I'm so glad now that I know how to speak uh, to the rest of the office. Yeah, you can fake it now. <laughs> yeah, now I can finally fake it like I know what's going on. Uh, thank you guys so much for chatting with me this week, uh, and I look forward to chatting with you again next week. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. These stories and more will be available in this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse, available throughout Door County. For more headlines, visit doorcountypulse.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast for your weekly Pulse picks, interviews, and exclusive content from the Peninsula Pulse. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.